We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Hey, good morning, everyone. Do you realize that we are able to meet here in Waukesha as well as Muskego and Waterford and online because there are hundreds of people who have served. They've served us and they continue to serve as well. In fact, just this morning in Waterford, there's a team of people who got up really early to transform the Waterford High School in a place where people could hear about Jesus. Aren't we blessed? Let's just thank them for doing that. We are very blessed, and we're talking about this blessing conundrum that we can have. And so I want to start off with this question, because we all know that it's a blessing to be served, right? But let me ask you, are you happier serving or being served? You don't have to answer that. You don't have to answer that. Because we're going to fall down on different sides of that at different times of life and of our week and of our days even, aren't we? Because there's meant to be blessing in both sides of those. But like I said, it creates this thing called a, a blessing conundrum. Well, what's a conundrum? It's simply this. It's a confusing and difficult problem or question. In fact, last week, Pastor Guy started us off with our first blessing conundrum, and that happened to do with giving. And the conundrum was because we can't buy blessing, but God blesses those who give. And it seems like that's buying blessing, isn't it? And so it creates this conundrum. It's like, wait, wait, whoa, is it or isn't it? Well, this week, we're going to talk about another conundrum. And it is the conundrum of serving, the blessing conundrum that is targeted at serving. But before we do that, we need to root ourselves in this maxim that we have for this series. Because we need to keep coming back to this over and over again. It's simply this. There is a blesser who desires to bless more. We have to be confident in that. That there is a blesser, we're talking about God, And he desires to bless us more, and he tells us how that happens. He tells you how you will be blessed. But sometimes it seems opposite of what our experience is. And that's what we're going to find with this blessing conundrum. So let's take our definition, just so we're clear on what a blessing is, take our definition forward from last week. And by the way, if you weren't here with us last week, let me encourage you, go online and watch that message. Again, God wants all of us to be blessed more than we are right now, and so he gives us these helps. But with this one, we decided a blessing is a gift, divine favor, because we're talking about God. So it's a gift from the blesser. The blesser being God himself is the one who is bringing these blessings to us. So what that means is this. Since we're talking about serving, well, God somewhere must say that he wants to bless us through serving, and he does. One of the ways that God wants to bless you, that God wants to bless me, he wants to bless our families, he wants to bless our communities, he wants to bless our church, is when we serve. And he does that. We've all experienced it to some degree, but we get pulled back away from that a lot of times because our experience tells us something else, and it brings up this blessing-serving conundrum. 
See, our own experience, at least mine does, maybe yours never does, but my own experience teaches me this on a regular basis. In fact, it happens on a daily basis, and it's this. Important people are served, and less important people serve. Do you ever get that message? Someone has given you that message before. In fact, you probably have thought about this before even. I can't wait until I'm the boss. Why? So no one can tell me what to do. Then you became the boss and you realize that's not true. But we have that in our heads, don't we? Because of this very thing right here, that important people are served and less important people do the serving. But here's God now taking that and flipping it over, and he's saying this, blessing comes through serving. Because if you believe the first one, you want to make sure that you're the one being served, don't you? But if you believe the second one, you want to make sure that you're the one doing the serving. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on a blessing. You're going to rob others of that blessing, and you're going to be robbed of that blessing as well. I know it's hard to hold on to that and to be convinced of it. Well, you know what? There was someone in China who discovered this many, many years ago. The reason I know that because it's an ancient Chinese proverb, and it goes like this. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. I agree with that one wholeheartedly right there. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. I'm not too sure about that one. One, one side of this actually said, get married. I'm like, oh, I, no, let's not go there, okay, all right? One year, okay? If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. That's one, actually, that they talk about marriage. If you want happiness for a lifetime, what? Help someone. Somebody latched on to this whole idea. But you know, before the ancient Chinese person who discovered this, discovered it, Jesus taught it. He's the one who came up with it. Actually, God, his father, came up with it. And what he does is he teaches it to us through a group of people called his disciples. He does so in John chapter 13. And, and when he does it, he states it, but only after he proves it through his actions. I want to start with that end in mind where he states it, because we all do better when something's stated, but we need to see how it came about. So in John chapter 13, verse number 17, he says this, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. That causes a question for me right away. What do I want to know? What in the world are these things? I want to be blessed. So tell me what these things are that I need to know and that I need to do. What are they? Like I said, this is a statement that Jesus hangs on something. What he hangs it on is a dramatic action that he took. And he takes it. We see one of the places it's recorded is John chapter 13. Actually, a couple of the other gospels also have it. But we know that God has said you will be blessed if you serve. To serve means to be otherish is what he wants us to do. To keep our focus on others Primarily, not just ourselves. And so with this, like I said, he brings about this dramatic action, this scenario. He paints a moment for a group of people, his disciples. We find it in John chapter 13. So let me ask you, would you grab a Bible right now? You're going to want to see this, okay? There's one provided for you. Maybe your hand on the way in or in the seats. You'll be able to find it. I'll give you a cheat here for John 13. 
page number 1534 is where you're going to find that. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, would you make that one yours? Mark it up, take it with you, take it home with you, even read it, bring it back with you, read it, study it, find out what God says. This is a passage I think you're going to want to dive into even more than we're going to be able to today. But as you're turning there, I want to give you just a little bit of background. This is the setting. Jesus is with his disciples at their last supper together. In fact, you're probably familiar with this a little bit with Leonardo da Vinci painted a, painted a picture of this moment. And so they're at this last supper. They're in a rented room just before something called Passover. It's also just hours before Jesus would go to the cross. He knew it, but most of his disciples did not. We'll find out that one of them didn't know the full extent of it, but he, but he knew something was going to change here. Now, here's one of the important pieces. We won't find this in John, but I want to bring it up because Luke actually tells us this. This is what's happening at their Last Supper, just, just moments before Jesus is going to go to the cross. So you can imagine he's got to teach his, his last teachings here. He's got to give some of the most important stuff in life here, right? Well, what happens is there's an argument that breaks out. Luke shares this, and he, and he explains it, and he tells us that the argument was who was going to be considered the greatest. Now, don't you think that should have been resolved a long time ago? I mean, Jesus was there. I don't think there's any question, right? But they weren't talking about Jesus. They're like, well, let's leave him out of the picture. Who among us is going to be greatest? Can you imagine that conversation? Peter probably saying something like this. Hey, guys, I'm the one who walked on water, okay? I think that deserves some credit here. And then somebody kind of slaps him across the face and says, buddy, don't you remember? You started to drown. We had to pull you back in the boat, all right? And then Andrew, he pipes up maybe, says, hey, you know what? I'm the one who found that little kid who had the five loaves of bread and those two fish, and we were able to feed over 5,000 people with them. Yeah, I think that's best. And by the way, Peter, you wouldn't even know Jesus if I hadn't introduced you to him. And then John, as quiet as he is, he can't stand it anymore. So he just says simply, Jesus loves me more than anybody. I'm his favorite. Look, right here in this book of John, it says right there, the one who Jesus loved, right there. Now, before you go faulting them, we can find ourselves in that same place, can't we? We can just imagine the arguing that's going on. And can you imagine Jesus that time and the pressure that put on him? Thinking, what have I done? These are the people that I'm leaving behind in just a few hours. And they got to start the church. What have I done? Did I pick the wrong ones? He hadn't. But he needed to teach them something. And he's going to teach them in a very magnificent way. And as he does, we need to remember, he stresses to know is one thing, but to do is another. And so he's going to do. So Jesus doesn't just tell us what blessing comes through serving. He shows us in a big way. Let's look here. John chapter 13, beginning in verse number 1. It says, It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, and look what he does here. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. 
After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, my hands, my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. You see what Jesus did here? What Jesus did was he used dirty feet to clean up hearts that needed to be cleaned desperately. And he did it by breaking through barriers. You see, we have these natural barriers that stop the flow of blessing. These blessing barriers that need to be broken through, and Jesus crushes them. And he does it not by scolding. He doesn't do it by shaming. He does it by action, a very, very powerful action. And I want to look at these barriers because we have these same barriers that we need to break through. And Jesus is helping us break through them. And that first barrier is the task barrier, where you might be saying, that's just not my thing. I don't do that. I just don't. That is not for me. Don't ever plan on me touching that. That's the kind of thought that we can have when God calls us to serve someone. Jesus tells us in verse 14 what that was for the disciples. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And when Jesus said that, you know what? They were repulsed. Here's why. Foot washing was a custom. When a guest would come into your house, this happened to be a rented room. That helps us understand why no foot washing was going on before Jesus decided to. And it was never done by the host. It was only done by a servant. Oftentimes a slave, actually. In fact, it was so grotesque, a Jewish slave could not wash somebody's feet. Only a Gentile slave could wash somebody's feet. We don't relate well with that, do we? Because we don't wash people's feet. We think, well, isn't that synonymous with taking off your shoes before you go into somebody's house? It's not. Here's why they wash feet, because they walked on dirt roads. And so their feet were dirty, and they needed to be cleaned. You notice he said, you don't need a full bath, but you need your feet washed. Not only that, but do you know what the mode of transportation was back then? Do you know what pulled carts? Do you know what it was? It wasn't a John Deere tractor. It was a donkey. Cattle were walked on those roads. And so as Jesus was washing dirt off feet, he probably got a little bit extra too, didn't he? Now you understand why somebody would be repulsed. And not only that, but you had to swallow a lot of pride to be looked at as a servant and as a slave. And that was the bigger deal. So what would that look like today? It would look something like this possibly. You know what? Your boss decides he's going to come over to your house. He only gives you a couple hours notice. And he pops in. He says, hey, can I use your bathroom? You're like, oh, no, no, no. No. Do you have to? Yeah, I really need to use the bathroom. Can I use your bathroom? I didn't get a chance to clean it. That's okay. Give me the toilet brush. I'll clean it for you. You're humiliated. You're like, no, you, no, you're not touching my toilet. You're not touching my toilet. And he says to you, if I don't touch your toilet, you're not going to have a job tomorrow. And so you say, well, you can clean the whole bathroom. 
And he says, no, no, just the toilet, that'll do. Right? But you know that sinking feeling in your stomach that's like, you shouldn't be doing this. This is beneath you. Please don't do it. You're humiliating me right now. You know what Jesus did? He blew up the limits. He says, there is nothing beneath me. There's no task that I would not do for you. I love you. I love you so much. And this was going to be the first. Do you realize the posture Jesus had to, to take in order to take off those sandals? He had to kneel at their feet, take off those sandals, begin to pour the water over them, wash them and dry them with the towel. That wasn't the lowest Jesus would go. In just a few hours, he'd go even lower. And he'd be humiliated beyond what anybody could ever imagine because he'd be nailed to a cross and bleed out so that we could be saved. That's what he meant by, you, you don't understand, Peter. You don't understand, but you will understand. You will, because I am serving you because you need to be served, and you need to serve others. And you know what? I don't think it was with tears of sadness that he was doing it. I think it was with a great big smile, because he wasn't lying when he said, it's a blessing to be able to serve. It is a blessing, because right now I can see a smile on my father's face, because he wants me to do this for you. That's where the blessing is knowing that we're pleasing our Heavenly Father, know that we're pleasing those that we're serving, and yet we have to get past some barriers. We all have them. What's your towel? What is it? What's your wash basin? For me, you have to understand something about me. I have this love-hate relationship with animals. Anybody else join me right there? Nobody? Just me. Okay. I thought so. I love the joy that they bring to my kids and my wife. I love playing with the dog. I hate cleaning up after him. I married somebody who has a love-love relationship with animals. They have no hate relationship with animals. None. Do you see the clash coming? So, to get the dog, I tolerated that. To get the cats, tolerated a little bit more. The turtles, the guinea pigs, the lizard... But I waited 20 years before I gave in to the horse. <laughs> I don't like to clean up after animals. Let's face it, I only like, like to clean up after myself even at times, okay? But it's work. So I made it clear, especially before the horse, probably before all of them, don't ever plan on seeing me at a barn. Now, a little context. I grew up in Iowa, okay? I wasn't a farmer, but I worked on pig farms, all right? I, I've had my, my fill of farms probably for a while. He said, don't plan on me going to the barn. What was I doing? I was setting a limit and making it clear. I was so proud. I was so clear. Don't ever plan on me being at the barn. So proud about it, I told a few of my friends. One of those friends is a good friend. He says, you might want to rethink that. You may want to rethink that. I'm like, we're clear. We're good. We're clear. She knows. No. No. It's not the way it works. What if she needs your help? And she did need my help. So guess who she came to? Me. Probably the first time was an answer like this. I told you. What? Don't plan on seeing me at the barn. 
My friend said, you need to rethink that. And you're like, you're right. Because you're going to be blessed when you serve. Because it's not about animals. It's not about serving the animals. It's about serving the one that I love. And that God showed me how I can love her more. Now, I shared with you mine. I'm not going to ask you to do this publicly, but if you have a handout right there, you have a blank to fill in. What is your barrier? What's your towel? What's your water? What's your pitcher? What's your basin? Is it an apron? Is it a computer? Is it a hammer? What have you said, I will never do? What is it? Is God trying to use it to bless you by blessing someone else? We all have them. And Jesus wants to blow through those limits. And he wants us to learn from those limits. And he wants us to grow through those limits. But we have to be willing to put those things aside. Put the pride away. Put the laziness away. And do it. Do it. There are other barriers. We're only going to hit one other one. This one is really hard. But we need to learn it. It's the one that shows we're otherish. Why? Because it's the people barrier. We have people barriers that say, I can't serve them. You know you have a problem when you use the word them, don't you? I can't serve them. Who is the them for you? Who is it? We might have our subtle little ways of saying, you know what, no, this is okay to have it. It's a boundary, and it's a good boundary. It's too easy to put limits on who we will serve. Excuses like this, well, I can't help everyone you know. No, we can't. We're too busy for that. We can't help everyone. I'm not saying to help everyone. That is impossible to do. Many of us are already busy, already hearing the saying, Pastor, what are you asking me to do? You asking me to add one more thing? No. As you're going about life, God will bring people into your path that you can serve. But will you serve them? Will you? Who are they? And who have you limited saying, I know, I know they need my help, but I'm not going to. I'm just not going to. I refuse to. And we're using this excuse, I can't help everyone. The guy by the name Andy Stanley helped me through this from afar, through a message he simply said this, we need to change our minds on this whole thought to this. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. I'm like, wait a minute. My third grade teacher told me that if I didn't have treats for everyone, don't bother bringing any. I learned that a long time ago. It's not about playing favorites here. And it's not about equality. It's not about fairness. Otherwise, no one will be serving anyone. We need to step into those moments and see what God wants to do with those. Another one, I don't know where to start. I don't know where. Right where you're at. Right where you are right now. You realize week after week we have people who we can serve. Week after week we have people here who experience the blessing of serving inside these walls as well as outside these walls. You heard about misfits for Jesus. They go down and serve people that ever have said they're not serve worthy. You go and serve them because of the love of Jesus, because they want them to know Jesus. 
It's their way of washing their feet. It's our way of washing the feet of those maybe we've at some point deemed that we shouldn't. What does that look like for us? How do you receive that blessing inside these walls as well as outside these walls? Why don't you take a look? Good morning. join me in just saying thanks to all those hundreds. That's just a sliver of how we're blessed and how others are blessed when they say, God, I will do. I will do whatever you want. And as I mentioned, I'm not looking for you to just tack something extra onto your life. You know what? We're here anyways, right? As we go about life, we have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to serve others, to receive that flow of blessing that God wants for each and every one of us and to see him work through that and to see what he wants to do through it as well. Probably the toughest of all and probably the biggest excuse that we feel the most justified in is this. What about those who don't deserve it? Am I supposed to be serving them? Those who don't deserve it, that spouse, that boss, that child. Can 
Can I show you something? This really caught me off guard. Go back to John chapter 13, verse number 11. I stopped there on purpose. You might have already gone to it. For he knew who was going to betray him. Can I read that again? For he knew who was going to betray him. And he was in the room. Do you know what that means? Jesus knew that Judas was going to turn him over in just a few hours to the people who were going to kill him. And he knelt at his feet and he washed them. Takes away that excuse right there, doesn't it? Isn't that unimaginable? Now I want to get up on my high horse and say, I'm glad I'm not Judas. <laughs> then I'm reminded of this verse in Romans. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. As Jesus is saying, I have no limits. I have no limits in who I love. I have no limits in who I'm going to die for. I have no limits in who I'm going to serve. This is why. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were what? Still sinners. Christ died for us. Now I know some of us are sitting there saying, not for me, I wasn't even born yet then. It's not the point. You don't think God knew you at that point? He did. And he knew exactly what you were going to do. And he knew exactly how you needed him. And that's why he died. Because he loves you. And he wants you in relationship with him. And you may be here and you're hearing all this stuff about serving others and maybe you don't even have that relationship with Jesus yet. That is the number one decision that you could ever make and I hope that you'll make it today. And here's why. Because a lot of times we try to serve. And we serve without a love for God and we serve without a love for others. You know what that ends up in? Just plain old work. It's just work. That's all it is. Because serving without a love for God and without a love for others, that's all it can be. And it won't be a blessing. Not much of one. It'll be an obligation. Maybe some of you are burnt out on serving because you've lost that love for God. The reason that you do what you do is because it puts a smile on his face. Or maybe you can't stand the people that you're serving anymore. God's saying, that needs to change. That needs to change. Because there's greater blessing in this than you could ever imagine. And I want you to experience that blessing. But that means you have to come face to face with this. Not only what is your barrier, but who is your barrier right now? Who is it that you are refusing to serve, saying, I, I can't, I cannot go there. I won't go there. And God's saying, that needs to change. That needs to change inside out. And what that means is we have to realize some of the greatest blessings are not so obvious. They aren't seen immediately because they look like work, and honestly, they are work. They take time. But they're blessings in disguise is what they are. 
And as he's telling us to go, he's helping us realize that that blessing is transferred through serving. You're blessed. You get to keep some of that blessing, but you're going to pass it on to others when you become otherish. And as you'll be otherish and you begin to put others before you, you're going to experience the blessing through the smile of God. You know what? I don't know who it is that God wants you to specifically serve at home. I don't. I can tell you it's part of your family. I don't know who it is at work, but I know he wants you to. I don't know who it is at school, but it may be the person that you thought you could never serve. But as the church, I know a few things. And I know a few things that we can do. So I want to be very pointed, very targeted with this. That whole context of the foot washing was because they were together. And that's who he wanted them to serve was each other. And the foot washing usually took place when there was a guest that came in your home. You know, we're going to have a lot of guests. Every week we have guests at every single one of our campuses and online. And we need to serve them. Do you know what's coming? Christmas is coming. And we're going to have a lot of guests in our house. We are. I anticipate over 7,000 people. That's a lot. You realize at Muskego, we have a place for 223 people to volunteer just for Christmas. Waterford, we have opportunity for over 73 people. At Waukesha, 883. And online, 12. Think there's any room for serving? There's a lot of room for serving. So let's be the church and let's allow serving translate into lives changed to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's what we want to do. Are you willing to do that? What are we waiting for? When we see God move like that, like he did with his disciples, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. And I want to see God's love shown to individual after individual. So you can help us. You can be a part of it with us together as the church. Made it very easy for you. Three different ways you can sign up. You can use a connection card that you received on the way in. You can go ahead right now, grab your phone and text. 555-888, sign up. Or you can go to foxriverchristian.org. You can see the different ways that we can serve. If you're like, why wait till Christmas? Yeah, why wait till Christmas? Week after week, you can be a part of a team who's blessed by being a blessing. Because that's what God wants for every single one of us. He gives us this reminder that we need over and over and over again. Because oftentimes we think, again, we get trapped by it. Jesus said this. He made it very clear. This is why I came. Just as the Son of Man, a.k.a. Jesus, did not come to be what? Served. But to what? Serve. Let me make this straight. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. That's that salvation that he wants every one of us to experience. Will you commit to that? It's not just about knowing. We all know that Jesus says you will be blessed when you serve. 
but what will you do? I will. What's your next step? What does it look like? What will you do so that you can be blessed like Jesus wants you to be? Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for demonstrating in a very dramatic, magnificent way the joy found in serving. Serving out of a love for you and a love for others. And God, help us to experience that blessing day after day. Help us to realize the magnitude of you stooping to this earth to die for us on a cross so that we could be saved. If you're here today and you've never received that gift of salvation, today's the day. If you're saying, how? How can I do that? Have a conversation with God right now in your seat. It might be something like this. Dear God, I realize you served me by becoming a man, by living your life to grow up to be that man who would go to the cross and shed his blood so that I could be saved from my sin. I confess that sin to you right now, and I receive that gift of salvation that you purchased for me. If you're here today, with heads bowed, eyes closed, and you say, that's me, I'm receiving that gift of salvation, realizing that Jesus served me to that extent, and I want that gift of salvation, we just indicate that by raising your hand. Each of our campuses as well, online too, just signifying that that's what you're doing today. Lord God, we thank you for being our Lord, our Savior. Help us to have the strength, Lord, to push through the barriers, to serve others, and know in doing so we are serving you, and that puts a smile on your face, and we will be blessed indeed for that. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have recently received Jesus Christ as your Savior. We've got some great resources for you. We want to get into your hands. One of those is called a Begin Packet. Please see one of our prayer team after service here. They'll be glad to get you one. Otherwise, you can text Learn More to 555-888 and get that into your hands. Would you allow someone to pray for you this morning? We've got a prayer team who'd love to serve you in that way. What we'd ask you to do is everyone exits. Just stay in your seat. And as you stay there, that'll be an indicator for someone to come to you and to pray for you this morning. I want to say thanks for being here with us, everyone. Let's continue to be the church and ask God who we can serve this week and see what he does with it. Have a great weekend. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, Make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.